in the recent modern period of history in the West, atheism and materialism gained hegemony as the paradigm of reality that intelligent people would adopt. And as a result, nihilism and narcissism became the dominant modes of egoic behavior and structure. And this led to a collapse of all of the social institutions that depend upon integrity, the keeping of promises, and a basic morality to enable society to function. In the collapse of that, through the corruption that was implicitly given the go-ahead through that change of paradigm from one which was religious and at least in a basic sense believing in a higher level of values than those offered by capitalism. <coughs> in that collapse, not only did the political system lose its credibility and the legal system and the social welfare system and all of the other profane systems, but also the religious institutions. And they have become completely destroyed by corruption within. And now, paradoxically, we are in a postmodern period in which the collapse of nihilism and narcissism has occurred. And there is a movement of anatheism, as it is called, which is a return to God. And many people are seeking God now, and yet they cannot find a religious institution that will serve them. They cannot feel at home in a church filled with pederasts and pedophiles. They cannot feel at home in a church or a synagogue or a mosque that does not love peace, that does not love divine love, that is based on some sense of superiority of a given people or a given land or a given text or a given image or a given creed. And they cannot find anywhere the God that they're seeking. They find only words. They find images. They find claims and assertions that this one or that one is the prophet or the son of God or the goddess or the this or that. But the proof of that is not visible or palpable. And so the credibility of all of the paths that are offered, including most of the alternative paths, 
feel to most people either too superficial and dilettantish or too localized in their understanding or too quaint and adhering to an ancient but uh, an impossible attitude that belongs to previous centuries and is not adaptable to the current reality or a religion that cannot separate its mythology from its ontology. And so, because no one really feels like they have found God by coming to a hatha yoga class or to a teaching that provides only a, a prayer but not a connection to God. Their hunger and their sense of alienation and lostness has increased exponentially. The sense of not knowing where to turn. And because the ego in its karmic encrustation has lost the power to turn within directly because to turn within means to face too much guilt, too much shame, too much trauma, too much anxiety, too much of a sense of weakness and of a chattering mind that had already been given over to addictive processes and to delusional processes out of its having been indoctrinated by pathological forces. The ego has been marinated in such negativity and such a long string of deceit and false hope that although it has a greater yearning than ever and a greater will to believe, it has not yet found that which it can accept that will be able to remove its need to defend itself against exploitation. And therefore it cannot take advantage of the opportunity for the amnesty that God is offering for the souls having fallen into the pit of its own morbid enjoyment of its illusory and deceptive identification with the body.
once we understand that what is required by the seeker is a direct encounter with God, a direct infiltration, infusion of the presence of God as pure love. Because it's love that gives people the sense that there is something pure and something healing. Beyond love, yes, people need the medicine of wisdom and people want power. But they cannot wield the power of God. They cannot understand it until they have first surrendered to God's love. And so what must be achieved is the replacement of thought by divine love. This is the essential first step of yoga. If we are going to reach God, we must replace the chattering and imaginary jouissance-inducing tendencies of the consciousness to avoid its own essence. Because it does not realize that that essence is love. And because when it gets close to the feeling of love, it feels it is in danger. Because love has been the cause of its traumas. Its openness, its innocence have been the cause of its being raped and violated and deceived. And its openness to love has not connected it to God because its love has been either for a biological mother or father or for a derivative object created by God or the world itself, nature itself as an object of love, but not God per se. And even the religions mostly teach you to worship the Son of God or this holy book of God. But the Son of God is that state in which the human consciousness realizes the Father. And so to worship the Son keeps one in the very state that one yearns to be free from, which is the identification with the body the identification as a creature, as a physical mortal entity, as therefore someone who is dependent upon the desire of the other. It is the freedom from that desire, whether externalized or internalized, that has to be the first portal that brings one to freedom. And without reaching and receiving and being able to retain consistently the power of God within and be able to use that power to silence the mind and to fill oneself with the joy of love, of God's presence, 
and the wisdom to be able to navigate life and all of the decisions that must be made every day in life in an accurate way with detachment that will not create further karma and further suffering requires the presence of God within in a way that the ego cannot understand that it can relate to God in such a close and intimate way and it does not understand that this close relationship requires the elimination of the ego itself in order to be achieved. And that elimination of the ego can only take place once there is a clear understanding that one is not the ego but the ego had simply been a machine that enabled one to defend oneself against the other, to chop up the other's love into desire that could be digestible, and to organize oneself in order to be able to get from the world what one could no longer get from God. but one cannot get from the world what one needs from God. And one cannot get from other people what one needs from God. And so at a certain moment, what is needed becomes very clear, which is to be filled with divine love. To be filled with divine love means one must be emptied of ego. And one must be emptied even of the ideas one has of the beloved. Love is not about thought. Love is far more primal than thought, more immediate, more real. One doesn't want to think about God. One wants union with God. And nothing less than that union will bring salvation. But that union requires the elimination of the ego as a self-object and of God as an object of thought or belief or desire. Until only the love itself remains without either a lover or a beloved. But that love that has no props, that has no ground, that has no boundaries, that is not really any longer a relationship, but is the very essence of being, is only attained through the elimination of that essential seeking of power, that essential seeking of being, that comes out of the 
the primal sense of lack that has motivated the egoic consciousness on this journey to discover the love of God in the first place. That love fills the lack, but once that lack has been filled, nothing remains except the power of God in itself. It is a shift from the phenomenal plane to the noumenal that occurs and must occur in order for the experience not to burn out. The experience of the love of God must become a complete imperience and the imperience must become a completely noumenal sumerians in order to be able to remain consistently present. If it otherwise becomes an intermittent on and off kind of process, then the ego reestablishes itself with its demands and it loses the very connection that it had gained in its search for the recovery of a memory of that experience that is simply a representation and no longer the real. And so the effort of a phenomenological approach to God consciousness must be replaced by a noumenological approach which has nothing to do with understanding or receiving or connecting. It has nothing to do with being, it has nothing to do with conceptualization of any kind. It is prior and beyond any kind of a process. And it is only when the contentment with that indescribable, essential real that has no correlation with what is going on in the phenomenal plane, either to the body or to the thinking consciousness or relationality or history or anything that is happening, but is in that beyondness which is not touched by change, that one can live in the world of change and not be changed by it. But the world itself will then respond to the changelessness of the eternal presence of God that now emanates and authorizes the reconfiguration of the dream that is God's own reflection. And it is this status of consciousness, which is our true nature, that must be attained. and realized in its fullness.
This is Satyoga.